Hey there, I'm Danielle Ackeson, and this is the Silver Lining Live podcast. Everyone has a story to tell. I believe something can be learned from every situation. The Silver Lining Life gives everyone a voice. Real life people and experts share their life. They share how they've overcome tragedy, their victories, and their defining moments. So why is this important? Because it's easy to look at a person and think it's been so easy, quick, or perfect for them. But that is so far from reality. There is work, struggle, and heartbreak. As we will learn, a silver lining life isn't a perfect life. It's about enjoying the life you've been given and even those hard times. So sit back and get ready. It's going to be a fun ride. Hi, welcome back to the Silver Lining Life podcast. Today's episode, it's going to be so good. I can already feel it. Uh, I am talking with Allison Jane Ryan. Welcome, Allison. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much, Danielle. I am pumped to talk to you. So Allison um, supports women transitioning into motherhood um, as a postpartum coach, and we are going to dive really into all of that. She um, has been married to her husband for 12 years. She's got daughters who are six and four. Are they still six and four? (laughs) They still are. Yes. (laughs) Okay, great. Welcome, Allison. Tell us your story. Thank you so much. I'm just thrilled to be here and um, grateful to have the opportunity to connect with you and your community, your beautiful community that you've created. Um, so I, um, I don't know how far back you want me to go, but I'm originally from Wisconsin and I live now in Minnesota, just west of Minnet- um, Minneapolis in Minnetonka, Minnesota with my family. Um, we lived here before we moved away to Des Moines and that's actually where I had my daughters. I had, um, home births with both, both of my my girls. Yeah. (laughs) Instantly Um, I feel anxious for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, it was part of a really tight knit, beautiful community there. Um, and we, you know, when I married my husband back in 2007, (laughs) I feel like that's not the right year somehow. (laughs) It was 2008. Um, Sometime you married your husband back in there. Yeah, I married my husband. (laughs) And when we got married, we really were both on the same page about not wanting to have children. We were really big into traveling. We had spent like several months in Southeast Asia. And we were very driven, you know, in our careers. Um, Paul is in information security. So he, you know, had a vision for where he was heading in his his uh, profession. And I did too, you know, and as we got older and as our, some of our closest friends started to have families and have kids, um, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm really going to regret this decision if I don't have children. And maybe some of your listeners can relate to that. But, um, and my husband actually had, he has siblings who are 10 years younger than him, all of oh, his wow. parents, but like, so he grew up really nurturing and helping you know, diaper changing and clothes dressing and feeding, you know, like much smaller children. And he had that experience of really being in it Mm -hmm. where I didn't have that experience. I have younger siblings, but nothing like that. And so that was a big reason why he wasn't wanting to have children, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) which, you know, he kind of, yeah, he'd kind of been through it already, you know? And, um, and then I eventually got to a place where it's like, I really, yeah, I actually really do. I really do want to be part of this beautiful community of mothers. And I really do want to become a mother. And so let's see. And um, in the fall of Oct- yeah, October 2012, we found out we were pregnant with our first daughter. 
And we knew that we would always have a home birth. My husband was born at home. His four younger siblings were all born at home and his mother was a home birth midwife. Oh my and gosh, so we were incredible. Again, yeah, it was really, really neat. And so we were, again, just part of that community and had a, had a really lovely pregnancy. It was really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had listened actually to a previous podcast of yours, Danielle, where you said you were, you know, you're petite mm-hmm. um, and smaller frame. And I'm actually tall. And so it was like, I was, you know, many, many months pregnant and people were like, <laughs> it, was, there was, it was almost like there was something wrong with me because I hardly was showing, you know? Um, so we had our first girl, Samantha, um, at home in July of 2013. And, um, it was a really wonderful experience. As I reflect back on that time, I can see that I had anxiety, um, Mm -hmm. and I had a really supportive group, but something that I keep reflecting on is that, um, I was so determined back then as a new mama to do everything right. Yeah, and maybe you can relate to that. You yeah. know that I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm capable. Um, I can figure this out on my own, um, and this is easy for me. And all of those things, you know, th- those were all themes for me when I had my first girl. And for me, it was more about the transition to becoming a mother, and mm-hmm. really how much my life changed, and that I didn't expect for that to happen. You know. Yeah feeling a ton of resentment toward my husband for him just being able to like go off to work and I'm here at home alone with a baby, you know, mm-hmm. and like that whole shift into motherhood is uh, just massive. And it's something that is so underplayed in our culture and our society, which we can talk more about if you're interested. But yeah, so, you know, we had our first daughter and we hemmed and hawed about like, well, do we want to have a second? Do we not? <laughs> and well, Lo and behold, we got pregnant with our second girl um, much, much faster than we had um, anticipated. And so our Juliet was born almost four years ago. She was born on November 10th, 2015. She was also born at home. And the big surprise with her was that she was a 10-pound baby. And it wasn't something Shut up. Expect- I know. <laughs> Shut the door. That was the shocker. And I was very, very grateful that I had the care that I had and that I was able to bring her, you know, into the world safely. That's incredible. Yeah. And so my, my first was about two and a half when she was born and it was November and, you know, we're in the Midwest and, um, it was a real dark, um, time. And, um, my husband was home with me for like that first week when I had both of the girls and like breastfeeding was going fine. You know, like I didn't Mm -hmm. have any challenges with breastfeeding either, either girls, and I was healing fine after the birth, even though I had broke my tailbone from, from pushing her out. <laughs> no kidding. <It> was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, and, um, but it was like the second or third week where I was just like, oh my gosh, how mm-hmm. in the world am I going to do this? Yeah. I was home with those two girls full time. Mm-hmm. And I was completely, there's not even a word that describes it completely and totally overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you know, and I had, again, these high expectations for myself. Yeah. I was, I, you know, I, I was mothering uh, this little one before this second one came just beautifully, you know, and didn't have really have too many challenges. I was so concerned with like, well, how is this logistically going to work with two that even though I had a really lovely community, I was completely unprepared for the um, feelings of overwhelm and just utter helplessness that 
manifested for me. And I remember going to my therapist at one point because I had been seeing a therapist after the first um, just a lot of, because of relationship stuff going on with my husband and I, and I remember sitting there with my newborn chunky monkey baby and just being like, something just doesn't feel right about this time. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, I connected with my midwife and I said like, something's just not right. And I, I ended up, um, being diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety <laughs> and it was not easy for me to come to terms with that. Um, and I didn't talk about it at all really with, um, with many people, it, it, you know, even like my sister-in-law who was the doula at both of our births, you know, it mm -hmm. just wasn't something that I felt safe talking about. I felt shame and I felt, um, like there was something wrong with me and I felt like, how can I not manage this on my own? Like, again, I'm super capable and intelligent and I yeah. take care of myself and, um, and, you know, honestly, it wasn't until it was months and months and months of, and even years of suffering with postpartum depression and anxiety that I like really admitted that's what I was going through. You know, like mm -hmm. I knew things were not well going well for me after my second baby. And I, mm -hmm. instead of getting on medication right away, I actually did like really intense acupuncture to try to go mm -hmm. the natural route. And that actually really helped for me. Um, after she was born, I did a lot of acupuncture, you know, talk therapy, and I tried to take care of myself as much as possible. Um, but it wasn't actually until we ended up moving before my daughter was uh, one, we moved from Des Moines back to Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And it was then that when we moved back here to a totally different part of the cities we had lived in before, you know, it had been 10 years since we had been in the community with my other friends who had kids. And I was over here on the west side of Minneapolis with two, ba you know, two babies, basically, yeah. like a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And I was miserable. My husband was working in the basement. And I was just like, you know, I was rageful. I was angry. I was resentful. I was totally depleted. You know, I was still nursing my, my one-year-old. I exclusively breastfed her for her, you know, first year. And it was just, it was so intense. And mm -hmm. um, it was a lot, a lot of healing and yeah. a lot of, um, coming to the terms with needing to take care of myself first, um, mm -hmm. putting the oxygen mask on myself. So, you know, um, like I said, my daughter turned four in November and, um, I would say it was right before she turned three. So not that long ago, it was about a, a year and a half ago. Um, where I, you know, I had been doing the acupuncture. I had been doing chiropractic here. I had been doing talk therapy with a wonderful therapist who was very, you know, aware of like, um, trauma. Like mm -hmm. I have my own childhood trauma from growing up in an alcoholic family. Mm -hmm. And that's something else I didn't expect to experience as a mother, yeah. you know, that like that whole experience of your own childhood gets reawakened. Mm -hmm. When you become a mom and like those triggers of your own children as you're interacting with them and parenting them and mothering them. And so I had all of these things I was really working through and I was still suffering. And, um, I was finally like, you know, I didn't want to do medication because I felt like that was the ultimate, um, acknowledgement that there was something wrong with me, you know, like yeah. I just wanted to be stronger than that. Right. Mm -hmm. And like there were women in my circle of friends 
who were loving motherhood. They were just eating up these young years of their babies and their toddlers. And I was just like, so miserable. I mean, really suffering. And I was finally, uh, you know, there were multiple instances of my rage manifesting in me, like breaking things mm -hmm. and like slamming doors and getting really angry at my husband and like storming out and, you know, wanting to spend the night at the hotel. And it was finally a situation in August of, I can't remember the year. It was a couple years ago now um, where I literally was breaking our dinner plates in the sink in our kitchen. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. gosh. And it was one of those situations. And I don't know if this is something you've ever experienced, Danielle, but I was like, I was so rageful that I was almost blind. It was like mm -hmm. blind rage where I yeah. didn't even really realize what was, what had happened until after the fact. And it was terrifying for me and terrifying for my family. And I said, you know, the only, the only person who can help myself at this point is me. I'm yeah. the only one who can walk myself into a clinic and say, I've helped myself as far as I can go. And mm -hmm. I really, really need help. And uh, I ended up doing just that. I saw a provider and I said, you know, I think I'm at the point where I need medication. Mm -hmm. And I did. I got on a very low dose of a medication. And within several weeks, I really, it was amazing. I started to feel like myself again. Yeah. And I remember very specifically standing in my kitchen and saying to my husband, like, have you noticed? Because it was such a marked difference between how I was interacting with the family and how I was feeling. Like those were the days when I wasn't even laughing. Like yeah. laughing wasn't a thing for me, like giggling and being silly with the girls. Like it was mm -hmm. black and white living and so serious and just like suffering, you know? And yeah. so since that time until now, like it has been, uh, you know, an even deeper spiritual healing journey for me, but also mm -hmm. an awareness. Um, yeah. The, the greatest level that, as women, we absolutely have to put ourselves first because mm -hmm. nobody, nobody else is and nobody yeah. else can, you know? And yeah. so that's, that's my story. And that's what's really led me to wanting to build a business that supports women as they transition mm -hmm. into motherhood. Because, you know, had I known that my journey was going to turn out this way, yeah. I'm not sure I would have taken it on, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm so grateful for the growth mm -hmm. and, <laughs> um, for the ability to support other mamas, but yeah. it has, it has been intense and it continues, you know, motherhood is, whoo, it's a ride. <laughs> it's so, not for the faint of heart for sure. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's, there's, there's so much to unpack here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what, what I think is like, so key of this story is that you did all of the things like you did, like I'm doing the acupuncture. I'm going to the chiropractor. I'm taking care of myself. I'm doing all of this. And you know, sometimes we still just need that help. And it is so hard as women for us to ask for it. And I love your story because you, you had a home birth, you know, like I feel like of all people on the planet, like I'm sure that going in there and then being like, okay, I need, I need medicine. Like I can't do this on my own anymore was such a huge step for you, but you did it. And like, as you're telling your story, like I, I just kept thinking like, my God, this woman is so full of life and joy and laughter. Like I cannot, I can't even picture that because like, I like, it seems absurd thinking of you having rage because you just seem so light now. And, um, and so it, it's just, it's so incredible to hear that and so empowering to hear that. And I hope that 
like the listeners who are hearing this are like, you know what, if, if she could, like I'm going and I'm getting medicine because there's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I, I, I agree. And I wish that I had had, I mean, it's so easy to look back and say like, I wish I would have gone on medication earlier. And I, I went through a real, um, like, for, I mean, I've done so much forgiveness around mm-hmm. the way that I interacted with my children. And I think it's also important to, to mention that, like, I'm a very conscious parent, you know, like yeah. parenting with love and respect and presence mm-hmm. in a way that I wasn't parented. I'm giving that to my children. And so for yeah. me to show up rageful and angry, it was just like, it was heartbreaking and devastating to me because that is not who I wanted to be as a parent. Yeah. And I think that that was also what made me, you know, the impetus for me to get help was like, I want more for these girls and for myself. Like I want to enjoy my experience as a motherhood and I'm so not, and maybe this will help. Um, Mm -hmm. but there is so much stigma around medicine and I think it's, it's also important to say that sometimes women need medication for short periods of time. Sometimes mm-hmm. we need medication for years and yeah. there's nothing wrong with either right. or both. And it's, um, and it's, it is truly needed. And I, I, I get really frustrated when I hear about, you know, stories of, well, if you just, if you could just, you know, think yourself better or feel yourself better or, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it just, it just doesn't work that way. Like sometimes there truly is. Yes. And I think unfortunately sometimes um, in this online space, there are people who are encouraging that and it's so harmful for women because like if there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with having to go that route. And you know, but then you see this thing and they're like, no, no, you shouldn't take medicine. It's horrible. It's, it does all of these things. And it's like, no, people need this. Like sometimes you just can't do it on your own. And, you know, I think motherhood, a lot of times is the first time that we're seeing, like, we cannot control everything because we have these little humans and, and then sometimes we can't even control what's happening in our own bodies. I mean, you think about when you give birth and then you look down and you're like, why do I still look pregnant? <laughs> you know, like you can't control those things. And, and so I think it's very dangerous when people are saying you should never take medication because that's not, it's not where people need to land. No, not at all. I, and again, like this black or white, like this is wrong and this is good, you know, just like with, mm-hmm. you know, birth, right? Like we chose yeah. to have a home birth. I don't think there's anything wrong with birthing wherever you want to birth, right? Like yeah, do right. But get the baby the same, out. <laughs> right. Like that's the goal. <laughs> right. Have, like a safe and healthy birth. Yeah. Um, but in the same as with medication or, or anything else, mm-hmm. you know, breastfeeding. Yeah. I mean, I think that there is there's so much of that happens in motherhood and so much judgment. Yes. And so much shaming that oh my gosh, I yes. I avoid, and I have zero tolerance for it, zero, Mm -hmm. because it is only creating harm. It's harming our mothers and it doesn't support the mother-child relationship. You know, our, our relationship with ourselves, in my opinion, is like our number one priority. Mm -hmm. And that if we can't be healthy on our own, you know, like if if we're not nurturing and nourishing ourselves, how do we show up for the rest of our, our family, our friends, people that we love, you know? And I think 
that's definitely downplayed too. And I think a lot of mm -hmm. that just stems from our, our culture of martyrdom as women mm -hmm. and our culture of giving, 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 and that that's supposed to fill us up. Um, another thing that I really loved that you talked about is like how you felt even like resentment to your husband, because I think that a lot of times, like that's a whole new like realm for so many of us. And it, and I remember thinking like, my God, it's so easy for him. Like here I am like healing and recovering and, you know, I'm breastfeeding and all of the things. And, um, and I think that that's something that's not really talked about a lot. Like when you're pregnant, you know, that's not mentioned in the, in the pregnancy books. Like you may feel a little resentful because his life looks pretty much exactly the same and your life is really turned upside down. <laughs> totally. Totally. And also just like the hormonal shifts, you know, we, as men and women, we experience hormones differently anyway, you know, we're like on this, you know, four week cycle and they're like on a 24 hour cycle. And, yes. and then when we're breastfeeding or just, you know, we don't, we cannot predict what our, how our body is going to respond to that life changing event. And, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of, it's like, it's like death. Or, you know, it, it, or birth, uh, you know, you, you've probably heard this, but this idea in this um, saying that when a baby is born, so is a mother. And it's so yes. true. I'm sure some of your guests have even said that. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and yeah, so we're going through this like crazy life change mm -hmm. with so much of us yeah. emotionally, physically, hormonally. And yeah, the resentment and, you know, um, especially when I was really suffering, um, it was easy for me to direct my anger towards that, towards my mm -hmm. husband, you know, it was an easy target and certainly resentment still creeps in sometimes, yeah. but it was very significant in mm -hmm. those. And I think I was much more, um, willing to admit it when I had my second baby. Mm -hmm. And when I finally gave myself permission to express yeah. myself, because I, I think that's another big thing. And I wonder if you agree. Yeah. It's just the yeah. permission oh my gosh, that we yeah. give ourselves mm -hmm. to feel how we feel <clears throat> yeah. and to say how we feel. And yes, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think that we have so many of us, I mean, I, I definitely was one of those moms and I've heard it so many times, like where you feel like it's going to be like you see on Instagram of like the sunlight coming in and your baby just sleeping in your arms and you're fully made up hair, like perfect. You're, you, you know, just smiling serenely. And really it's like, not that, I mean, there are the, I don't think I've ever looked like that holding my baby or my children or you know, all of those things, but you have this perception. And then when you're not feeling that way, then you feel like you're failing, but really it's, it's reality. And like, you've built up this picture in your head of how it's supposed to be or how you're supposed to feel or how it's supposed to look. And it doesn't necessarily feel that way. And I think that it's harder when it's your first one, because like for me with our oldest, I, I, I loved it. Like instantly I, I was very lost in motherhood because I just felt these surges of love for him. And I just remember changing his diaper and just feeling that like overwhelming joy. And then when I stopped breastfeeding, um, and you and I talked about this offline, like I, I developed symptoms of like postpartum depression and I, and I had no idea that that's what it was because 
it was after I stopped breastfeeding, which was like at 12 months. So I was like, well, that's not what it is. But then when I was pregnant with my, with our second, um, then the, um, nurse practitioner was like, oh my God, you had postpartum depression. I'm so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm kind of fast forwarding through that because then when I had our second one, it didn't feel the same. And I, I was like, you know, is this because like, I don't love him as much or is this, you know, it's just not new. And I think I had postpartum depression, but I didn't realize, like if I, if that would have been my first one, I wouldn't have realized so quickly, like something isn't quite right here. Um, and thankfully my husband was so supportive and we worked through it and it was okay. But I mean, even it took a long time for me to accept like, oh, I think something's not quite right here because I felt like I was dishonoring him because mm-hmm. I, I didn't have those surges of joy and I didn't have that, that feeling that I had with, with our oldest. And I mean, now you would never, uh, and it wasn't, I didn't distance myself from him or anything, but I know that like I was, I was shorter tempered with him than I was our first. And, you know, there was just those little changes and, and I, I had postpartum depression and, but it, it still, it still was that shame in that, oh gosh, like this isn't how it's supposed to be. But I at least knew like, wait a second, this wasn't how I felt the first time. So I was able to process it through it faster mm-hmm. um, or maybe got help a little quicker um, for it. But, um, but yeah, I, I think so much of it is just our perception of how it's supposed to be. And then like, I can't tell anybody this because like, this isn't how I'm supposed to feel. Yeah. And like you said, um, when we're, when we're getting online and, um, especially when I had my first, you know, I just sit on the couch and scroll through Facebook, Mm -hmm. you know, and see posts and see comments and see all of the good stuff. Yeah. You know, like Mm -hmm. there is still to this day, six years later, not a lot of women being honest about, you know, the isolation that Mm -hmm. they feel or the anger rage or Mm -hmm. the overwhelm, you know, it is, it is these, and you know, there's no blame or shame in sharing those really positive experiences. Mm -hmm. But when we're, when on the other side, we're receiving that is everybody's living that way and that's normal. That's the normal. And if I'm not that, then there's something wrong with me. It's just so, it's so detrimental and it's just so skewed, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just think that there's a real awareness needed. Mm -hmm. um, And I feel like there's definitely more people talking about it that like, look, motherhood is maybe not exactly what you thought it was going to be or not at all what you thought it was going to be. And certainly not everyone has the same experiences that you and I had. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it is, that is such a challenge is, um, to not see yourself represented, especially yeah. in social media. Yeah. So, and, yeah. you know, I, I, I think too, you know, one, I always try and remind people like, it's just a snapshot in their life. You have no idea what's happening, you know, on the other side. And if you were talking to someone just in passing, you probably wouldn't say, Jesus Christ, I feel like I'm losing my mind. You would say like, I'm good. I hope you're good too. And you'd keep walking. Right. And so like, that's what I try and remind people like, that's what social media is. Okay. Like, but like, even if it is represented, I feel like sometimes when you are in that Valley, it's hard to like 
see your, see that and be like, that's me. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to even like pick up on that because you're just so low in it that even if you do see something like maybe it will resonate, but then so often it's like, well, that's not exactly how I feel. No one really gets me. No one really understands, you know, where I'm at, you know? So it's like, it's such a hard, like balance. It's such a hard, like thing to land in, you know? It really is. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, at least for me, I was very, I felt very much a victim to my experience. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I felt like nobody understood. And it's funny earlier when you were saying like, it's hard for you to see me being rageful or angry. Mm -hmm. I mean, I put on a really good front, a yeah. really good front, except mm -hmm. for my family, you know, yeah. that it was really shocking to like my, my, my family, my sister, my brothers, when I yeah. finally shared, like I've been suffering and mm -hmm. when you've seen me and I've been short tempered, this is why, you know, but again, like it's so, it's easy for us to show up in the world. Like you said, like walking by mm -hmm. someone and you think, you know, someone and you ask them, well, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm fine. You know, I'm, yep. I'm a little tired and mm -hmm. you know, we're getting over some sickness, but on the inside, it's like, actually, no, I'm dying inside, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and I mean, I wasn't even able to express that to my, one of my very best friends, mm -hmm. you know, it was just, yeah. it's the craziest hole to be in. And mm -hmm. that's why I say only you can get yourself out of that hole. And I think yep. that's a huge part of my message is to, I don't know if you want to call it pleading with women, but yeah. really empowering them to take mm -hmm. control and yes. to stand up for themselves. Yes. And treat themselves as the precious human being that they are, you know? Yes. Yes. And that, that there is, there is life after that experience of postpartum depression and anxiety, you know? Definitely. That, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That it doesn't, it, it doesn't last forever and that there is light at the end of that tunnel, you know, mm -hmm. and it may take some of us longer than others to get to that place, but yeah that there really is hope, but you yeah. have to, you know, yeah, you have to take charge of your life. Yeah. Something that you said that really stuck out to me. I feel like we could have this conversation literally all day. Um, so I hate that we're like almost wrapping it up, but something that you said was so impactful. It's something that I truly believe. And I think that, you know, you said not just for your kids, but for yourself. And that is something that, you know, our kids can be the catalyst to get help, but ultimately like we need to love ourselves enough and we need to, you know, just, yeah, love ourselves enough to go and get the help because we're worthy of it too. It's not just for our kids, it's for us. And I mean, that's, it's so important. And if nothing else comes from this today, like, I hope that that is the piece, like you have to save yourself. And there is, there's communities, there's amazing people who will support you on the way, but ultimately you have to take that first step. And I think that that is so hard in our society. And like, I know like you and I are like, we're going to change that. Like <laughs> mm -hmm. we want these safe places to, for people to, to feel like they can share their stories and can say like, I need help. I don't know how to get it. I'm ready. Please like help me. And Allison is like, one of those people that you can go to and be like, I need help. Please direct me. What do I need to do? Please, please. I can't live like this anymore. Yeah. And it is, it's kind of like being at the end of your rope and saying like, mm -hmm. I just can't live like this anymore. Yeah. And also just, I think what we're talking about is radical personal responsibility. 
and valuing your individual Mm -hmm. life enough and remembering, I mean, I didn't share this in my story, but one of the ways that I was able to spark joy and remember that I have these deep interests of my own is I took a djembe drumming class, you know, it was like, Uh that was just for me. And it was a spur Mm -hmm. of the moment thing. And it was kind of like, I have to do something for myself. But like, my husband didn't sign me up for that, my class, Mm -hmm. my husband didn't go, I had to get my, my butt there and show up and give myself the gift of nurturing myself. And so it is, it's about valuing yourself. And like, I think it would be fascinating someday to have a conversation with you, Danielle, about self-care and self-love because Mm -hmm. the whole notion of the self-care thing being like going to get a pedicure or a massage and that being enough, it is so much deeper than that. Yes. Yeah. So yes, (laughs) I know we could talk all day. All day. Yeah. Okay. Um, we will save that for another day because there will be a part two of all of this because I feel like we can't just stop now. Um, (laughs) um, We'll, we'll hop to the last two questions. So the um, first question is, if someone is at the beginning of your journey, what is your advice or encouragement to them? At the beginning of my own personal journey um, of moving through um, having children and being completely overwhelmed. And I would say uh, just what we've been talking about, mm-hmm. you know, value. Like, she's answered this the whole time. <laughs> right. Like preach, you know, like value, value yourself enough and be willing to receive the love that it, people are offering you. Yeah. You know, I think that can also really be a theme for us women is that we don't feel worthy of the love that people are very clearly offering us. And like yes. my husband, you know, it's just like, Yeah feel worthy enough to receive and value yourself. I love that. I love that Mm. so much. Okay. So my last question is if you wake up in a funk and nothing like what we've covered here, but just a funk, eh, um, what, um, what do you do? Do you shift it? And if you do, what do you do to shift that funk out of the way? Yeah, that's such a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Um, you know, funks definitely show up for me. And especially mm-hmm. when I'm going through that time in my cycle where I just feel kind of rain, kind of gnarly, which has been yeah. like the past couple of days for me. It's, it's, you know, it's, I think it's first just noticing that that's my stuff and how mm-hmm. it feels in my body. And then the yep. other way that I love to move it out and kind of shift it is just to dance, you know, to put on mm-hmm. some of my favorite like 80s tunes after my girls are at their school and I mm-hmm. rock it out, you know, and just, and I also ask myself, I think this is such a great habit for us as women to get into, but what do I want to do right now in this moment that would feel really good to me? What would yeah. feel really good to me? And it can be the smallest thing, like having a piece of chocolate, mm-hmm. um, or it could be like listening to one of your favorite or going for a walk in the woods, you know, but yeah. it's, it's really giving, again, giving ourselves permission to ask the question, what would feel mm-hmm. really good to me right yeah. now? So, yep. yeah, I, lo- I love that. And I, I absolutely love you. I'm so grateful that we had this conversation and oh, me if, too. if someone is listening, how can they find you? Yeah. So, um, I am on Instagram at I am Allison Ryan and Allison with one L. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I think it's Allison Jane Ryan on Facebook. And then I have a website and it's just allisonjaneryan.com. So yes, thank you so much, Danielle. This has been amazing. Thank you. I can't wait for a part two. (laughs) Yes, me too. 
Hey, I hope you loved that episode. If you did, please rate, subscribe, and share with anyone you feel needed to hear that message. Also, please find me on social media at The Silver Lining Life because I would love to hear your favorite takeaways from today's episode. Can't wait to hear from you soon. Thanks for being here. Bye.